You are listening to the Gospel Trail. Three pages. I mean, just three pages wow. of notes. With verses and things like that? Ah, Isaiah 33, 6. So we should start out in prayer. Um, yep. What I wanted to say is it's been a really a difficult week for uh, my family. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a difficult week with, um, found out that uh, Pam's younger brother, whose birthday is today, has two to five weeks left of life. Uh, they can't. Uh, the cancer is spreading. So, Danny, we prayed for him before on this, on this pod podcast. Right. But uh, there's nothing they can do anymore. So he's in uh, he's in hospice. And um, so it's been a difficult week. Um, I uh, I didn't even know how I would be able to go into the jail, you right. know, because I was having such a difficult time. And and I realized as they opened up in prayer, that's what we have to open up in prayer. As as uh, because or in opening up in prayer, and the more I spoke, and the more we looked at the Word of God, it took me out of that whole situation, and I became alive because the That's Spirit right. is alive in us, and He's given us that. And the enemy wants to rob everything from us, and that's why he's going to throw in all sorts of obstacles, which is what we're dealing with, all right. sorts of obstacles. But he is the victor, so he is. Um, you know, I'll share some of the things because I was doing on the fear of God at uh, at the jail, right? And uh, there's just so much. There's so much in this. But would we? Should we have Don open up in prayer? Don, can you do that, or do you want to, Kevin? Oh, uh, Don. Don, can you open in prayer? Okay. I thought we'd really appreciate. Father, that. we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to share with others things that we've learned and. Father, I pray that um, that everything we say will be lifting you up and yes. honoring you. That um, we'll be drawn to you because of this podcast. Lord, we just give it to you and expect to see great things as a result. Amen. 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 Yeah, one of, one of the things that just just uh, impressed upon me, um, and it goes right along with the. Uh, the, the fear of God that we've been discussing. Um, I was on the deck last night writing down some notes, and, uh, you know, we always start our services out with prayer. Why don't we continue them with prayer? I mean, it, it should be ministering to the Lord and uh, Amen. in everything we say and do. Amen. So we're not, we're not trying to come up with the, the most eloquent service or sermon or, or, or music. 
but uh, we are ministering to the Lord. Mm -hmm. I mean, if 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 in fact He is present in this place, you know, how can we stand in that glory? And what and how can we um, focus our attention on anything else? I mean, if you if you bring a, a football star into the room, would he get attention and applause? Yes. Right. So how much more? Oh wow! I, how much more? And and uh, so, sad. no, go ahead. You, you, you know, the thing is, Kevin, you just did me in. I, I did myself. You, you just I mean, did me in again. The Lord, because... the Lord did me in. I mean, I I was on my deck, and there was, I mean, even even the birds out there were were praising God. You know, uh, why not? Why not me? Yeah, I mean, what right. what was I doing? You know, thinking yeah. about myself all the problems and 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 distractions i mean distractions what's the definition <laughs> yeah they distract oh, from, from what God. from, from God. what yeah yeah so so that's that's where we are today um i'm gonna read i was um i like uh, reading oswald chambers my utmost for his highest yes and today's was um the whole human race was was created to glorify god and enjoy him forever yes he made, he, why can't I read this? He made me. What is God, what is God's purpose in creating Christian, in a, a Christian's life? To be God's servant, one whom God is glorified in all we do. There all you go. is all. All. Through salvation we are made perfectly fit for God. His demands glorifying him, um, his demands glorify him. Um, and we are to do that. He has put in us the very nature of God. And when you think about that, why do we focus on anything else, Kevin? Just like you were saying, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just letting go of all the stuff that's going on mm -hmm. because I have all sorts of cries and tears and sadness uh, in my heart. But He says, "I love you, Sandy, and I'm with you." And my and your strength is only in me. As you become weak and mo as you trust me, I am Almighty God. I created you for my purpose, and my purpose is that you would glorify me in all that you. Boom. So that was Oswald Chambers this morning reading that, and I was reading uh, in a, a Facebook thing. They have, uh, you know, I get I don't know how I get attached to this, but Smith Wigglesworth. There's a Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, oh yes thing and uh this is a word for all of us i think god is shifting your season what took a long time will now happen quickly i'm i hear suddenly for someone suddenly suddenly i heard suddenly last night too suddenly and he's and he's saying to you that's right suddenly things are going to change and they're going to change quickly it's a shifting season and i realize that we have to approach god and i have a uh, an acronym that I got this morning, HAM, humble and meekly. We are to come before him humble and meek, humble and meek. And um, with right. Great, just, greater reverence and awe. Reverence and awe. That's right. I mean, reverence and awe. You know, I was ask, asking, uh, you know, what do you want your church to know? Mm, that's and, a good question. And uh, yeah, and my Bible fell open to Isaiah 33, 6. Okay. The fear of the Lord is your treasure, Zion. Yes. And and the church has detached themselves from Zion, but now it is Zion and the church. 
the fear of the Lord is your treasure. What, what, what a gift he has given us. And do we treasure that? Why, did, why does uh, Isaiah call it a treasure? Why did God call it a treasure? You know, I, I just sat there and uh, the fear of the Lord is our treasure, church. I think it's also a treasure to someone that we normally would not put with that phrase. Um, I saw a recent interview with Alice Cooper. He said it was not until he realized that hell was a real place and that he was going there that he had a real fear of God and turned his life over to God. That's quite a testimony from him. That, that is. That is. Wow. Alice Cooper. Yeah, Proverbs 26 talks about a God-fearing man or woman. You know, how how is that phrase been taken out of our culture that, uh, you know, so-and-so is a God-fearing person, you know, used to describe people. God-fearing person. And I think that just uh, shows a little bit of how we slowly, slowly, slowly slip away from that that uh, reverence and awe that should be displayed on that day we set aside to worship. That it's, that it's, that it's not about, um, it's not about us, it's not about um, the fellowship with other believers. However, that is, uh, that is a factor. But we set aside a day, Sunday, to reverence the Lord, you know, to, to, uh, to worship. They call it um, worship. Signs outside of churches say worship starts at 9. You know, worship should start at the break of day. Amen. And in Hebrew time, that was, uh, that, that was just past midnight is the early start of a new day. Mm-hmm. So in our sleep and in our awakening, we should be praising the Lord. I mean, continually in prayer, as the Bible says. And how do you do that? Well, it's, a, it's having that greater reverence, you know, that the Lord is in everything. Everything. He is in everything. He is in. That has to sink in with all of us. And listeners like is like, he is in everything. And I've got just lots of verses. You know, it's like. Um, yep. Uh, Proverbs 14. 27. 27. Yeah. Fear of God is a well, pot that, and a light. How, how, I didn't see your page. <laughs> and, I, and we're speaking the same thing. That's right. Fear of God is uh, a fountain of life. That's turn right. Turn away from the snares of death. That's right. A fountain of life, though, a so that you life. may avoid that death. Hallelujah. The fear of God, the awe and the reverence to God keeps us away from destruction. That's right. It draws us. It's a way to draw us close to him. And it's like it's a well, what do you call it? It's a um, it's like the the the, the three um, supports of a of a chair, right? You know, you know, or, or the threefold strand of a rope is is not broken. We yeah. need to have the fear of God. We need to be in awe of Him because He's protecting us from the snares the fo- of death, the, the fountain of life. Um, it hasn't. Just think of all the movies we've seen on people in search of the fountain of life or the fountain of That's youth, right. yeah, or 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 like the conquistador. This. They were coming over looking for gold, but they were also looking for that fountain. And uh, they were even bringing um, their form of religion with them, not knowing they were carrying within them the fountain of life. I like this. Psalm 145, 19. 
Men who fear God face life fearlessly. Men who don't fear God fear everything. Uh, Psalm 112, verses 1 and 2, Godly. this is a godly legacy. How joyful are those who fear the Lord, delighting in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful, period. They will be successful. Proverbs 22, 4, true humility and fear of the Lord leads to riches, honor, and long life. That's the fountain of youth right there, long life. Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. All. I love, uh, I love all. And I, I think we mentioned last week, Matt, the, uh, I looked at this, this is, the, this is a key verse, Matthew 10, 28 and 29. Don't, don't be in fear of those who can kill only the body, but not your soul. Fear only God, who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. You can buy two sparrows for only a copper coin, yet not even one sparrow falls from its nest without the knowledge of your Father, Father God. Mm. Aren't you worth much more to God than many sparrows? So don't worry, for your Father cares deeply about even the smallest detail of your life. It goes on, If you openly and publicly acknowledge me, I will freely and openly acknowledge you before my Heavenly Father. But if you publicly deny that you know me, I will also deny you before my Heavenly Father. So that's what it says. Don't be in fear of those who can kill only the body, but not your soul. Fear only God. Fear only God. Fear only. Reverence for God is the fear of God. And that fear is what helps keep us from sin. That's exactly right. Just like in Don's example there, it was sin or God when it came down to his decision. And he choose, chose God. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, oh, this is, I, I had an acronym for fear. Face Elohim, always reverencing, always reverently, fear. Huh. Oh. I, think, I, I think that's, yeah, that's, uh, we should focus on reverence. I mean, people are so focused on a relationship with God, but are not focused on mm-hmm. the reverence yeah. of God. Uh, speak more about that, yes. And, and uh, you know, Reverence for God is the fear of God. The fear will help us run from sin. The Bible says, you know, run unto to God. A lot of people say oh, there is no real hell and then justify what it might be. Or Once you realize what hell and sin is, it's, there's, not a, there's not another alternative in my mind. I would run to God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the Bible says. So... Basically, I was running around stupid. I'm doing stupid things. When I finally realized that I can't manage, juggle all these sinful things in my life, that I must drop them and and run to God. Mm-hmm. Run to God, even though our God is a all-consuming fire. And so often we pray for the fire of God, but if you don't have the fear of the Lord... You will not be able to withstand the fire. The fear comes first. Then the all-refining fire will come upon you. Mm-hmm. And he washes you clean. As far as the east is from the west, your your sins and that in the mind of the Almighty Thank you, Lord. have disappeared. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Then we get favor. But it all starts with the fear of the Lord. Yeah, the fear. it's the beginning of wisdom and it's the beginning of instruction. And you think about Solomon, who wrote all the Proverbs, and what was 
he had a fear of the Lord to begin with. He had a right, fear of God. Right. But what happened? What happened? He fell into sin, and he started and he started um, with the 720 wives or whatever he had. That he started following the ways of other gods of what the 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 the, the, the families were. And he fell from God's favor. We don't know what happened with Solomon. We don't know where he is because God is the judge. But it's like um, he had everything. He People from all over the world came to get the wisdom of God because the, he had been given the wisdom from Almighty God to speak. And so leaders from all, from all over the world. And on Tuesday, I used an example about uh, the fear of God and uh, what what. What names come to mind when you think of fear of God? I go right back to Genesis. Adam and Eve didn't Adam fear. Adam and Eve. They no. didn't fear God. They did not because they weren't obedient. They weren't obedient. Right. They and, did not obey what God had commanded. And there were consequences. Yeah, and we're still dealing, we're still living in those. Consequences. We're still dealing with those consequences. But I use the example of Abraham and Isaac. Abraham and Sarah and Isaac. Uh, it's in Genesis 22, and right. we read, and it was exciting reading that. I don't know if you, if we want to do that now, but it it talks about how God had uh, spoken to to Abraham and said, "You're going, your your descendants, or you're you're going to have multiple descendants of all over the world." And uh, Sarah was barren, and Abraham, you know, and right, they were old, right, right. And, and she actually laughed when it was like, "You mean I'm going to, you know, you mean I'm going to get pregnant?" Because God had spoken to him, and then what was it? Twenty years later, twenty years later, is when uh, she became pregnant with Isaac, and so they had Isaac, wow. their only son. And what does God ask Abraham to do? Because it's in Genesis twenty-two. What does God tell him to do? I don't have my no. Old Testament here. So. He he asked him to sacrifice his son. He said, "Go and prepare a sacrifice. Go to this place." And what did Abraham do immediately? He he was immediately obedient. He packed up the next morning. They right. were ready to go. They packed up the wood. They packed up all of that to to sacrifice. Yep. Packed up the donkey and, and yeah. stacked hung wood on each side and right. And, and what is and yeah. put his son on top. Yeah, they're coming along. Yeah. And what happens when they get to? Uh, I think it's Mount Moriah. Is that right, Don? I'm just trying to remember. I just I, I just read this, but. It was a great, I mean, it's a great true story about a man that's obedient that had the fear of God. Oh. And think about the obedience of Isaac also. Um, yes. That he he must have realized, you know, when he asks about where is the lamb. Yeah, where's, where's the sacrifice, his Father? His father says, God will provide. Right. <laughs> he had to have some thoughts then. Uh-oh. Yeah, he probably thought, and then what happened is uh, uh, Abraham bound his arms and legs and put him no. on, put him on the wood, was ready to uh, to light the fire and sacrifice his son. And what happened? Yeah, his son must have been submissive by then. I mean, it, he wasn't, uh, you know, he didn't hit him over the head and knock him out or... No, or, he did not. He wasn't, uh, it doesn't say anything about him resisting. Right. But then... Uh, yeah, then they uh, hear this noise coming from a, a bush. God, God sends things through bushes. <laughs> there was a yeah. there was a lamb, I think it was a lamb, um, caught in a thorn bush, crying out just not too far from there. Yeah, right when he was to strike Isaac, right when he brought the knife up, 
an angel of the Lord said, no, do not do that. I know now that you are obedient, mm. that you fear me, that you are obedient. And that's when they heard the rustling of the right. brush. And that's, uh, uh, I've heard, you know, it's like, that's where we get the term scapegoat. Oh, sure. That there was a co <laughs> there was a goat caught in a goat that, caught. and that's who they sacrificed. But yeah. you just you just think about that, and that's an example of Abraham with Isaac is this the example later on with Father God and Jesus Christ sacrificing His own Son, mm -hmm. His own Son. So I look at that obedience, the same love, the you know, same love, willing to do that. That's right, and I realize that um, you know, like you said, Don, he said God will provide when he was answering Isaac, because he trusted God totally. No matter what would happen, he knew he was obedient, even if it meant his own son, who he was, who they had waited their whole lives for, and that many nations were going to be built from that descendant. So, so I, used, uh, I used that example in the Bible, and then I used um, um, uh, Ananias and Sapphira, which is uh, it? Which is in the New Testament in Acts five one through eleven. I don't know if we want to want to read that, um, but it's it's powerful. It's because after Jesus had risen from the dead and uh, uh, people were giving to the Lord and giving for giving, uh, bringing money to the feet of the apostles, uh, leaving that to provide for the the lesser fortunate of uh, the Christian believers and the people, and so. Uh, um, Ananias and Sapphira had determined in their mind they were going to sell property and they were only going to give a portion of the proceeds and lay it at the apostles' feet. And so what happens? Ananias comes and uh, I, can, I can read that. It's Acts 5, 1 through 11. Okay, I was in the wrong place here. And it goes like this. It goes like this. Now a man named Ananias, Ananias and his wife Sapphira likewise sold their farm. They conspired, they conspired. Conspired. To secretly keep back for themselves a portion of the proceeds. So when Ananias brought the money to the apostles, it was only a portion of the entire sale. God revealed their secret to Peter. Hmm. Yeah, and that's what we sometimes call a word of knowledge or something, but it's uh, God revealing to Peter. And that's when we have to realize that there's nothing that we do that is not being noticed by God. That's right. Nothing. That's the, nothing. nothing. And that's what, you know, the, this is this is for me today again, realizing that's, that's, that, that nothing is hidden from him. Absolutely nothing. Whatever I do, whatever I think, whatever my actions are, however I treat people, am I glorifying God? Is he pleased with what I am doing now? Am I being reverent? Am I being right. prayerful? Am I being? Am I glorifying him? So here's what it says. God revealed their secret to Peter. So he said to him, Ananias, why did you let Satan fill your heart and make you think you could Ooh. lie to the Holy Spirit? Wow. You only this, pretended to give it all. This is, a, this is a word for all of us. You only pretended to give it all. No reverence. Yet you hid back part of the proceeds from the sale of your own property to keep for yourselves. Before you sold it, wasn't it yours to sell or to keep? And after you sold it, wasn't the money entirely at your disposal? How could you plot such a thing in your heart? You haven't lied to people. You've lied to God. The moment Ananias heard those words, he fell over dead. Boom. Wow. wow. 
Wow, wow. Everyone was terrified when they heard what had happened. Yep. Some young men came in and removed the body and buried him. Three hours later, his wife came into the room. Dun, 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 with no clue what had happened to her husband. Peter said to her, Tell me, were the two of you paid this amount for the sale of your land? Sapphira said, Yes, that's how much it was. Peter told her, Why have you agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? I hear the footsteps of those who buried your husband at the door. They're coming here to bury you too. At that moment, she dropped dead at Peter's feet. When a young man came in, she was already dead, so they carried her out and buried her next to her husband. The entire church, entire, was seized with a powerful sense of the fear of God, which came over all who heard what had happened. You know, one of the tools of Satan is to try to make something other of the serious things of God, to make them lighthearted, to make jokes and so on. And that is something that we really have to be aware of. Someone makes a joke about hell or makes a joke about um, something from Scripture. That, that tears in my heart. And I think of, uh, again, of Alice Cooper. He said mm-hmm. um, before he became a Christian, he always thought about him and some other big star just jamming for eternity in hell. And, you know, that was kind of a funny idea for him. Wow. He said it wasn't until he realized this is real stuff. This is not something that's a joke. It's something that's real. And I'm going to be facing it, and I'll be facing it alone unless I get right with the Lord. And we really need to encourage people to think seriously about these consequences. If if we don't turn to the Lord, if we don't really let him be Lord of our life, it's almost part of our culture to make light of those serious things of God. And it's, it moves me to tears sometimes. I'm sure it does you guys as well. Yeah, I looked at, uh, in the Old Testament, First Samuel 2.30, it says, I will honor those who honor me. I will despise those who think lightly of me. It says despise. Despise. Right. No reverence. And I had mentioned uh, Solomon before, and um, um, he had written Ecclesiastes, and uh, can, maybe you can look it up, uh, Ecclesiastes 2.13, because this is Solomon after all the years and all the, uh, all the proverbs and all the wisdom that was given to him. And uh, are you looking it up, Kevin? Uh, yes, I am. Ecclesiastes 2.13, because this is what Solomon said at, uh, towards the end of his life. Ecclesiastes 2.13 and this is the NIV, I saw that wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness. And I can check another version here. And Yeah, or look at more of what 2 says before that, because he said, you know, he says, um, I realize all, this, all these things in my life, but the most important thing is having the fear of God. So I decided to compare wisdom with foolishness and madness for who can do this better than I, the king, I thought wisdom is better than foolishness, just as light is better than darkness. For the wise can see where they are going, but fools walk in the dark. So I came to hate life because everything, no, I was reading it and then you brought it up. so, So I came, so I came to hate life because everything done here 
under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. And I came to hate all my hard work here on earth, for I must leave to others everything I have earned. You can't take it with you. Right. And who can tell whether my successors will be wise or foolish? Yet they will control everything I have gained by my skill and hard work under the sun. How meaningless. So I gave up in despair, questioning the value of all my hard work in the world. So I decided there is nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. Then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God. Mm. For who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him? God gives wisdom. God gives knowledge. God gives joy to those who please him. But if a sinner becomes wealthy, God takes the, way, the wealth away and gives it to those who please him. This too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. And that was from the king, the earthly king. Just last night, I was praying tensely and um, just thanking the Lord and praising the Lord. And I thought, this is kind of ironic because I'm going through some difficult times now. And I think that was the voice of the enemy because immediately I sensed I should say, no, no, I have plenty to thank the Lord about. And, and so I went right back into praising God. It was a wonderful, it was a glorious moment, even though there was that temptation to think about the problems that I was going through. It was just, uh, it's all in where you focus. It's all in where you concentrate your attention. And that's what the king was saying in Ecclesiastes. He says, so I decided there's nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. He realized these pleasures are from the Lord. And just the simple thing like eating or, or drinking or the simple, even the pleasures of being able to work are much more satisfying than all the other, other wealth and schemes that uh, man or woman has devised to fulfill their lives. Just like uh, shopping. Shopping fulfills your life. If you just had this, it would make your life so much better. If you just had this, it would make your life so much better or, uh, you know, be able to vacuum your house faster. <laughs> you already got a vacuum. But that's, I think that's what he was getting at in uh, Ecclesiastes here and also matches what you were just saying, Don. I have to tell you guys, one of the greatest joys of my life right now is being able to work with you and do the daily Bible study, but also to to talk with you um, program it it just is brings great joy to me and i yeah i found it now ecclesiastes the whole duty of man verse 13 let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear god and keep his commandments for this is man's all for god will bring every work into judgment including every secret thing whether good or evil that was his conclusion at the end of his life fear god and keep his commandments Fear God and keep, keep his command. For God will bring every work into judgment. Every work. Every work. Every that, work uh, into judgment. Yeah, I heard a statement uh, the other day. All the gospel requires is repentance and faith. Then you might say, what about obedience? All the gospel requires is repentance 
and faith. The gospel produces obedience. Yeah, and I would say the fear of God produces obedience. It does. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Is our strength. I mean, to be able to overcome the world. The world is not made up of of trials. However, it's a big part of it. <laughs> and uh, they're made to distract and keep us from the uh, our focus that we should be focusing on the Lord. Pray continually and he will direct our paths. And that can't be done when you're, uh, you know, hiding under a bedsheet. Yeah. And trembling. You should be trembling before the Lord, not underneath the covers. Yeah, if we look at Philippians, maybe we should look at uh, Philippians 2.12 and 13. I love uh, Philippians because he talks about um, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What, uh, what do you guys think that means? Or what does, how does that apply to today about uh, the fear of the Lord and fear of God? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, as it said in the church with Ananias and Sapphira, where they were both, they just died immediately. What happened with the church? They were fearing what was going to happen next and right, trembling right, because right. it's like, I'm sure it wasn't just Ananias and Sapphira that were holding back and not doing exactly what God had said or, or that they had lied They had lied uh, uh, before God. And you see that throughout the Bible where God has said, I, what I want you to do, Saul, is I want you to wipe out the Moabites and uh, all of these people, all the livestock, the good livestock, and, and, and take the kings. And, and what did he do? He did like 85% of it. 85% is zero before God because you either do all that he's commanded you to do because otherwise you are not being obedient. And that's that's the thing that keeps going on in my mind is realizing he knows what I'm doing. He knows what I'm thinking. This is what he's told me to do. Mm -hmm. And if I have that communion with him, and if I have the fear of the Lord, if I have that reverence, he's given me the Holy Spirit to accomplish everything that he's called me to do. And so why am I not doing it? Why am I not pleasing him? Why am I not doing it? Because I'm selfish. I want to live for myself. I want to do these things, and I don't want to do all those other things. And he says, well, you're going to miss out on my joy my happiness, my direction. You're going to miss out on a long life. You're going to miss out on my mercy. You're going to miss out on my compassion. You're going to miss out in providing a legacy for your kids. As we as we read, the fear of the Lord uh, will affect your generation, the generations after you. It does. My fear of the Lord, my reverence for him, and my, and my trust in him as that's passed on to my my uh, my kids and my kids kids the grandkids that's our legacy and that's what and that's what so I'm 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 looking at okay so what am I doing in my life and I have to be consistent and to be consistent I have to spend time with him and I have to fear him and I have to reverence him and I have to worship him and the peace there it is and the peace that surpasses all understanding will come over me and I realize I'm in his will. I'm in his will. And that's, that was like the, the uh, Israelites, um, you know, they sent Moses to the top of the mountain. That's right. And uh, Moses said, I tremble with fear. I mean, without that fear of the Lord, he wouldn't have been able to come down from that mountain. Um, that's true. And, and, uh, and, and the, the lack of the fear of the Lord, uh, 
what what happens we start building idols i mean what what is your picture of the lord in your mind right now does it match hebrews chapter 12 verse 18 that describes this god that moses trembled before it says for you have not come to what may be touched a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and tempest mm. that is the presence of the Lord where Moses walked. That doesn't look like something. <laughs> I mean, that's something to fear. I mean, a good fear, because God is calling you there. But that is why he had to hide his face, because you have, you're standing in front of something that cannot be touched. Right. A blazing fire, darkness, gloom, and tempest. That is the God that we are messing with. I mean, if you want to use that messy term, <laughs> that uh, um, God is just an awesome God. Don't harden your hearts. Feel the conviction and fear the Lord. It's so hard to get a proper balance there. God is a loving God. He's also a just God. Balance those two is something that a person works on. Uh, over their lifetime. Mm -hmm. The permissive God that, hey, we're going to have a good time, uh, that's not the whole picture. God does want us to have joy and, and satisfaction, but he is also just. So hard to keep those balanced. Yeah, especially in a, in a society and a culture that doesn't value um, the values that God values. Right. You know, um, our culture um, is consistent with and they did what was right in their own eyes. That's kind of everyone uh, has their own way of what and uh, what they should be doing. And you can't tell me what to do. And there's no fear of God and there's no reverence for God. But as uh, Kevin was saying before, is that we're missing out on all those things. The treasures that we have, having the fear of God, uh, having the uh, to be awestruck, to have that reverence. And I think it's one of those things that was just coming to me now is that we need to come every day and say, your will, Lord, not my will. Amen. I want yeah, right. to do what is pleasing to you, right. not pleasing. And I'm letting that sink in right now because it's like it's one of those, one of the basics of being a Christian is I want to please you. I want to see people as you see them. I want to treat people as you treat them. Right. I want to live a life that will glorify you, that will magnify your greatness and your love and your compassion and your healing power and the strength that you you give each one of us in the face of uh, terrible obstacles that you would be with us and um, we want to be that kind of ambassadors and people see us they see him you know they they see him and it's that balance like you were saying don um for me it's putting into the right perspective um I'm kind of going to one side more because I want to have that reverence and the fear mm -hmm. of God because I realize that I have not lived my life uh, thinking that he sees everything I do and he knows everything I'm thinking and all of those things. And I'm so thankful that he is patient with me. 
and he is long-suffering with me. And that I can start anew every day and I'm going to make that choice. I'm going to serve you today, Lord, with everything that that you've put into my life that I will pour it out to all those people around me. But I need to keep that reverence of God paramount in my mind. If I'm going into church, am I going to be talking and chatting with people or am I going to be getting into that sanctuary to worship Almighty God, the creator of the universe, the creator of me, and I should be in awesome respect for being in the sanctuary as we pray and praise God and hear the word spoken and we worship, is to go in with that attitude because he deserves that. It isn't always, um, That's right. you know, it's like uh, you think about all the songs, you know, God loves you and all of that, and that's all true. Yes, it is. But he is a just God, like you were saying, Don. He is just, and he uh, demands obedience. And we're able to obey because he's given us the Holy Spirit that we can be, that we can obey, that we can overcome those things. But we have to look to him and not ourselves. You know, just like Solomon said, at the end of life, all of this is that you need to fear God. That's the most important thing. That is the whole sum of uh, man's uh, duty is to fear God and to obey his command. When we do go to church to join worship, worship is the connection between your spirit and God's spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not just being at church. It's not uh, It's not just tithing to the church. It's not just being on a committee or worship. So many times we just think of that like worship starts at uh, 7 p.m. Be there. You know, aren't we having church? We are having church. No, we are joining an ongoing celebration. The Bible describes it as an innumerable amount of angels in festal gathering. And that festal means festive. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, you are joining an ongoing celebration. And we are allowed by the blood Hallelujah. of the Lamb Hallelujah. to approach that throne and join in. I know many musicians that have this same sentiment that feels that yeah, they're just joining in on this festal gathering with their instruments, with their giftings to bring before the throne of God music, songs, psalms and hymns that help lay out that red carpet if you will for us red meaning covered by the blood covered of the by lamb. the blood i just got that from you i that's what that, i was thinking that the it, red carpet it it flowed from the throne of god so that we may be in his presence even though we tremble that we know like moses knew that uh, god loved him god is overlooked his sins of the past, but he sees your future. And oh, how I look forward to joining in with the innumerable amount of angels and the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. I mean, are we enrolled in heaven? Mm. Is our name written in the book of life? Yep. And God there, the judge of all, and the spirits of the righteous make perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks. The Bible says that blood speaks. That blood is speaking for us, on behalf of us, and it's calling us. And that is an assembly. That is a festal gathering. 
And we can join in that right now. Worship in heaven is it's here. That's what he's calling us to do. Right. That's what uh, that's what worship is all about. Yeah, it's joining, joining an ongoing celebration, mm-hmm. abiding in Him, um, realizing I, um, you know, because I deal with people in the in the jail and they're facing lots of different some very difficult very difficult things, and I think. But what do I need to tell them? Okay, Lord, what do you want me to what will you want me to tell them? And he says, I want you to tell them to stay connected with me. Mm-hmm. Stay connected with That's me. Right. It doesn't matter what has happened in the past. Repent of that, but stay connected with me. John fifteen says, Abiding in the vine. Mm-hmm. And so we need to focus everything in uh into the vine that Jesus says God gave his son sacrificed his son just like abraham was going to sacrifice isaac that he sacrificed his son so that we could join the multitudes in heaven and on earth to worship him to be awestruck by him to reverently obey him and realize that he sees everything we do but he loves us and he will provide the treasures that he promises to each one of us as we are obedient as we live lives that glorify him as we come into his presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, as one of the Psalms says, that's right. we will that's enter right. his yep. gates that way. And so we need to stay connected to the vine, which is our life. And that's the blood that read, that Jesus spread for us, that he gave for us, that we have life in that blood. But we need to stay connected to that. We need to live in reverence and in awe of God, realizing that he is directing our paths. I'm not directing my path. I am just to say is, I want to follow the path that you've laid out for me, Father God. And I want to know what that is. And I want to be obedient to do that. And he says, well, this is what I want you to do. And I've given you all the tools, all the strength, all the power, all the things necessary for you to accomplish that. So all we need to do is on a daily basis or an hourly basis is say, is say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? You right. Know, direct my steps. It says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. They are ordered by the Lord. And I want to, I want to follow the steps that he has given me. And I want to be his ambassador to everyone I meet. You know, what kind of an, of an ambassador am I? If we're hearing, as Don was saying, when we hear people uh, blaspheming the Lord or they're, there's, they're making jokes and things like that, we need to represent him in his power, in his awesomeness. We need to represent him uh, in all honesty and on a daily basis, yes. an hourly basis. Yes. We, we would sing a song, I remember, our God is an awesome God. He rules from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. An awesome God. Wisdom, power, and And love. love. Our God is an awesome God. Yeah, I just think so many times we're wondering who started a movement or or we try to start a movement ourselves. And I I say this with uh, my face to the ground before the Lord that, uh, you know, I myself is guilty of this. It's an ongoing celebration that by the grace of God, we are allowed to join in. So don't focus on the fire, focus on the fear of God. Then the fire and the blessing will come. Thank you, Lord. Well, we need a song right about now. Where's, <laughs> yeah. I, we need a psalmist 
You know, I look at it as, as you were saying, Kevin, this week. The key is, how is revival going to happen? What, how that, did revivals right. happen? Revivals happen when fear of God overcomes all of us. When we realize that He is Almighty God and He will uh, judge everything that we're doing. And He yes. wants to pour yes. out His Spirit on all of us. And it says in the last days, He'll pour out His Spirit on all men, as it says in the, in the, in the book of Joel. But revival, realize every visitation in, in it initializes every yeah, revival, R-E-V-I-V-A-L. Remember, every visitation in, 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 initializes Almighty Lord, acknowledges the Lord. So what's necessary for revival is for us to humble ourselves totally, lay at His feet, fall prostrate before Him, and say, Use me, whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. Do what needs to be done so that you would be glorified and people would come to the knowledge and the saving knowledge of you. Just as it said within Ananias and Sapphira after the, there was fear overcoming the church and things, it said that the apostles were doing signs and wonders and many, because of, uh, because of uh, what had happened to Ananias and Sapphira, and what happened in, with the what signs and wonders, many people came to the Lord. Many. And we're wondering, why aren't those things happening today? Because we don't have the fear of the Lord. We're not reverent. We're not awestruck by Him. We're not being obedient for what He's called us to do. Because it's all very clear. We are without, what's the word? We are without, um, what's the term? We are without excuse. Excuse. He's told us. The best part is, is that He has equipped us. We just need to yield to that equipping. The prayer is, make us reverent, Lord, more than I have ever been. Jesus, cleanse me of the pride that I am not accountable for my private life because of what I think I'm doing for you. What a fool I've become. Please cleanse me, Lord. Pride being replaced by holy fear and humility. Yep, Israel was scared or had fear which led to idolatry. Moses had the fear of the Lord, which led to uh, intimacy. Mm. Yeah, Adam had had fear, or he was scared, as it says in the Bible. But that always results from something hidden. Nothing is hidden. It's all laid out there before him. He knows everything. Mm -hmm. And then when we submit to to that, that the Lord will allow us to enter into his presence I think you said a key thing that uh, I want to leave all of our listeners and I wanted to emphasize what you had just said is that the fear of the Lord leads to intimacy with God. You know, that's, that's right. when I say, that's, right. that's when I close the book. You know, when it's Intimacy like, doesn't come first. No. The fear of the Lord brings intimacy that's right. with, it brings intimacy with God. It is the beginning of wisdom. It is the beginning of God's instruction. So it is paramount. It's the most important thing is to have the fear of God in our lives and be covered by his blood and to be cleansed by his blood. Important to remember is that the fear of God brings intimacy with God. I love it. That's that's, that's what I'm leaving with today. That's is that, the shut the book uh, yeah, it leads statement to right there. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are listening to The Gospel Trail.